Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Make sure you use that code CHGO. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. He's over there. Today is Evaluation Wednesday. We're going to talk about the goaltenders today. Marc-Andre Fleury, Kevin Lankinen, and Colin Delia. We're also going to talk about last night's just insane uh, time machine to the 80s game between Colorado and Edmonton. Rookie mode. That was a lot of fun. And we're going to get to that in the second half of the game. And, of course, uh, game one of the East final begins tonight as well. So uh, lots to get to. But let's start it off with the goalies here, fellas. And I think let's start on a happy note, right? Let's let's start with our evaluation of Marc-Andre Fleury. He was here for a, a short time, but a good time. Um, and, and I think, you know, as we before we issue our letter grades, we should remember how last summer went where you hear the rumors that the Hawks are kicking the tires on Flurry, and you're like, what? Oh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's sort of a weird, not something I would imagine happening. Then it happens. And then what is it like three or four days go by where Flurry has to make his decision. Mm-hmm. And then he decides to join a team. And, and all of a sudden there are some expectations with the addition of Seth Jones and people are starting to get excited about the Hawks again. Um, so I, I, let's start with the offseason and how exciting it was to hear the news that one of the best goalies of this generation was joining the Hawks. Where, where were you guys at when you heard news that it was actually going to happen and that he agreed to come and play for the Hawks? I mean, I, w- I was coming off the idea that, you know, with, with the way things ended in Vegas um, between between – Oregon and and Flurry, I thought he was going to say, "Screw you guys, I'm retiring." Like I thought that was going to be it. Um, Screw you guys, so, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, I th- I thought he I did not expect him to to say, "Yeah, let me come to Chicago." Um, and and then when he did, I, I it was yeah, it was it was a, a kind of a shot of of uh, energy into the season. Um, you know, it, it it really it really did feel like okay, this on paper looks like a roster. You know, you're, you're getting Jonathan Tays back. You now have Mark Andre Fleury, uh, and, and the one-two punch was going to be Fleury Lankinen, and Ke- Kevin Lankinen looked like a very competent NHL goalie uh, after after last season, two seasons ago, um, as a rookie. And I, I was like, oh, great! Yeah, the goalie goalie position is is locked up. Seth Jones is on the way. Taze is back. Like they added McKay. Like it really just felt like there was enough pieces to the puzzle put together where you thought, you know what? I think this team can can make some noise and 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 be a be a threat to make the playoffs. And then obviously, as we know, the season started and how it went, it didn't end that way. But it was there was a lot of excitement, at least for for, for myself, thinking, you know, we might see some some playoff hockey. <clears throat> yeah, I remember when the f- rumors first came out. I was like, this is this is stupid. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing here? Like, you seriously told us a year ago we're rebuilding. He who shall not be named. And now we're going to do this. And then I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I saw that they literally gave up nothing to get uh, him. No yeah, offense, nothing. Michael Michael Um, I hope you're having fun whatever European country you're playing in now. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, we literally gave him nothing. So I said, 
as Mario said, yeah, maybe this team, if everything goes right, can contend for a wild card spot. Again, I don't understand how that fits the rebuild mode that we were told was kind of sort of going to happen the year before. Right. But, all right, at least maybe this team will be worth watching and maybe sort of a little bit of fun to cover and write about this year. And then I was like, hey, and if things go completely sideways, you've got a future Hall of Fame goalie that you gave up nothing for that you can maybe flip at the deadline for, for something, which is which exactly we happened. we knew by November 1st. Well, let's see what we can get for yeah. by the deadline because mm -hmm. that didn't go sideways. That went off the rails immediately. Uh, so it was like, hey, let's put this competitive team and then give them the world's worst hockey coach. And it was over – Immediately. In two weeks. Well, and it, and in a lot. In two weeks, you knew all hopes were dashed. And and even the, and Fleury had a part of that. Let's be honest. Yeah, we love yeah, Mark Andre Fleury, but that first yeah. month was bad. Even the first game, I remember watching and being like, "Oh shit, this team is the same as it was last year." Yeah, nothing changed. And it it was just. I remember watching that first game and thinking like, "Oh, this is not. This isn't good. This is, it, we're we're starting where we left off last year." They're they're supposed to be better and they're not better. Right. And it and I know it was like oh it's just one game. It was like no like we saw all of what happened in that in that first game was all the problems that happened in in the previous season and it's, it didn't get better from that. It's like having a car or a van that has a really crappy motor that can't turn over and get going, and you go out and you put a new paint coat of paint on uh, on this car right yeah. say look at how great it looks and then you go in to start it and you realize nope it's the same shit no, it car. still sucks yeah. <laughs> it yeah. still doesn't go anywhere <laughs> but at least it looks good that's exactly what happened with my, the Black my 2022 left. ford colleton still sucks yeah. <laughs> yeah i would venture to say the season started off like a train wreck wouldn't you oh Greg? my god yes, there we go there you go there's there's lawrence <laughs> the uh the, uh, I found okay. out earlier today, Lawrence, our all-star producer, is also the president of the Train Fan Club. Train uh, the band. Hey, these people band. are like, what the yeah, hell, you know. Train? Not the train we it. threw Roberto Luongo under yesterday. <laughs> no. Lawrence is a big train fan. The band. Big fan of the CTA. Yes. Who, so Who doesn't love Train? Uh, you know, meet Virginia. <laughs> yeah. See, Mario didn't raise his hand. I, w I was told many years ago by, uh, by Leroy Butler when I used to work in Milwaukee, he, he said that I would fit right into the band Train. Um, so I've never... Uh, what does that mean exactly? I, I don't know. You should ask him. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've never, never hated Train. But yes, this season started... <laughs> Very poorly. It was, yeah. Yes, it was not good. It was a train wreck that went off the rails. There you go. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our, our grades. A flaming dumpster along the way. <laughs> Other than that, though, it was wonderful. Hey, yeah. it's a good time. Uh, I gave Mark Andre Fleury uh, three and a half stars. I think, uh, like feathers. you guys mentioned, three and a half, three and a half feathers. I'll get this someday. Three and a half <laughs> feathers. Uh, as you mentioned, the start was poor from everyone. I can't put a ton of blame on Flurry, but there were a lot of times where Flurry was over there and the puck was over there, and that's not a system thing. That's not a defensive breakdown thing. That's him losing positioning. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, as as things sort of settled down in the organization, he settled into the net and kept them in a lot of games they had no business being in. So three and a half feathers for me out of four. Um, I take one half off because of the first half of the or first part of the season because. Everybody was bad, but he was bad as well. There's really only two players that I can think of as we look further down our evaluation. Uh, only two players I could ever I could think of on this roster that would get four feathers. Yeah, and it's probably pretty clear which two they are. Yes. But Flurry, uh, yeah, Han, Jake McCabe, and, <laughs> and Eric Gustafson. Flurry was, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the 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 start of the season was awful. 
um, for, for everybody. He was not, not that great. But yeah, I think as, as things started to, um, as Jay said, settle down, uh, he started to, to be, you know, show what he, what made him, you know, a, a Vezina winner the year before. Um, it wasn't quite the same level of play, but also he's playing, he was playing behind a much more incompetent defense uh, in Chicago last year than he was in Vegas. So um, he did the best that he could. If it weren't for Marc-Andre Fleury, the Blackhawks would have had probably, a, a, they would have had much better odds at the at a top three pick, top two pick uh, in the lottery this year than they did. Um, but I think, you know, if his play, his impact on the team, uh, you know, he really showed why he is such a, a likable person. Yeah. Um, even in his short time in Chicago, made an impact uh, on, on, on the locker room, on the organization, on the fan base. I mean, he... he you know, he came to the Blackhawks at the beginning of August 2021, and for the calendar year of 2021, uh, Fleury's Blackhawks number 29 jersey was the third highest selling uh, from Fanatics, and he was here for four months yeah. of the year. So, you know, people people definitely gravitate to him. I think he, he had a great season for, for what the expectations were. Um, if only he had played a little bit better in the playoffs, he might have helped uh, the Blackhawks get a first-round pick, but alas... He did not. Yeah, and I, I took a full feather off of his grade. I gave him three, uh, as Jay said, the Russian judge. But uh, <laughs> that first month was bad. It was bad. And, yeah, there was a lot of frustration. He looked like an angry young man behind the pipes a lot. And a lot of that wasn't his fault. But, you know, there were times where I was like, man, did he make the right call by actually keep on playing? And then things settled in. He was very good. The last two or three weeks he was here wasn't that great either. But again, not all his fault. Uh, the defense, as pointed out, wasn't great in front of him. And I think he was getting overused quite a bit down the stretch there for whatever reasons. Yeah, he you was. know, it was like, okay, let's, this is our biggest trade asset. Let's not, uh, you know, and then the final game before the trade deadline, he loses his glove. And it's like, oh, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, as, as, Mr. as Mr. Dud said in the chat, uh, he didn't get us that first-round pick. So, that, that uh, sorry, I can't, I can't, go, can't <laughs> yeah. give you a half a star when you allow the St. Louis Blues to enter the second half round of the playoffs. So, ha sorry, half, half a feather. feather. I know. Come on, guys. We'll get, we'll get to this. We'll get there. It's, we'll it's get the off-season for us, too, <laughs> you know? So, to wrap it all up on Fleury, he finishes the season 19-21-5, 2.95 goals against, 9.08 save percentage. That's what the Hawks when he moved on to Minnesota, 9-2-0 with a 2.74 goals against and a .910 save percentage. So better in Minnesota as expected, but not not a ton better yeah. numbers-wise. Uh, I saw on his Instagram this weekend that his family was in Chicago and they're sort of getting their stuff out of town. And uh, it did seem like, though, oh, they his were family... The Cubs game on Sunday. Say again? They were at the Cubs game. Oh, nice. They were close. at the Cubs game. In a nice, clean, cool. white uh, I saw that. Yeah. I, for a second, I was like, is that just a lookalike, or is that really him? But it was confirmed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like the family really took to Chicago when they're short time here. So um, this is cool. It was cool to see a guy of that, st of that stature play for this organization, even if it was for a short time. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's move on to Colin Delia. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. Are you right? I'm just a little concerned. <laughs> all right, about a little, I heard a little gag reflex over there. Yeah. I thought you saw news the train was breaking up hey or now. something. <laughs> uh, Delia one four and one with a three point eight five goals against and an eight ninety nine save percentage. Um, 
you know, I know that he has not had the easiest path and some things have happened, um, you know, that have, that have held him back a little bit. Uh, the Robin Leonard signing, the Marc-Andre Fleury signing. But the reality is Colin Delia hadn't really earned the opportunity for the Hawks to not go out and explore other options in goal. Uh, even had they not, he's still number two behind Kevin Lankinen. Um, I gave Delia one, one feather. I wanted to see a little more from him. I really like him. He is an incredibly likable guy. Mm-hmm. He's someone I'm rooting for. You know, there's no one I would like to see succeed more and become a number one goalie more than Colin Delia, but he's been given opportunities. And again, not ideal, but that it's business. You've got to step up and perform when the opportunity is given to you. And I, I don't think Colin Delia, in his short opportunities, that's a given. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he took advantage of the opportunities he was given, and just. He just wasn't great, and yeah. that's it, it. Sucks that we get. I, I hate saying that about him, but that's the reality. He just was not a, a good or reliable goaltender this year, and I think that both parties will likely move on uh, this summer. Yeah, his his time in the organization um, has had a, a ton of peaks and valleys, and I think, uh, you know, I, I I think there were times where it looked like okay, this 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 guy looks like he's going to be a solid like NHL regular backup. You know, it, there were times where it looked like he was pretty much going to be in line to be uh, the Corey Crawford's backup. But then like you mentioned, Jay, like other signings or injuries or whatever uh, just kind of kept him out of that spot. Um, you know, I, I, I think he, he did get some short ends of the stick, but you know, he does also have to prove on the ice that he belongs in the NHL and flashes are one thing, but to be able to do it consistently at that level, um, I don't, I don't think it was there. It's hard with, you know, going up and coming, going up and down from Rockford to Chicago, coming back and forth only, you know, in the, in the COVID season, the shortened season, only getting five or six starts when the goalie, uh, you know, goalie competition was open, um, between himself and Malcolm Subban and Kevin Lankinen, like it was, it was open for the first, you know, handful of games. But Kevin Lankinen just jumped out and and took a hold of the position, uh, of starting position. And then Colin, unfortunately, was kind of left as the third man down. And when they had the taxi squad, there was really no opportunity to go to Rockford and and right. play play in you know meaningful AHL games. He kind of just sat sat with the NHL team doing nothing, and it's hard to. You know, it's hard to then jump in at the end of the season and be like, hey, here's a handful of games. And, you know, it, it's it's a tough situation. But uh, in in the times he's looked good, it it was good, but there wasn't the consistency there. So I, I gave him one and a half feathers. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's just a little bit under expectations for me. And, um, yeah, I, I out of out of the goalie situation that the Blackhawks are, are going into this offseason, I don't see him coming back. I think it's probably best for him to look at other options and yeah. you know there, there 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 might be another you know there's probably another team out there that could give him a, a better opportunity to be uh and you know to have a shot at NHL regular ice time but um I don't know I don't I don't think Chicago has the investment in him anymore yeah and I we just before I give my brief words on Delia games and roses we see your questions about development we'll, we'll definitely be tackling that before the end of the chat so hang tight um Delia, I gave him just one feather. Got it right this time, feathers. Um, 
for a lot of the same reasons. It just wasn't great. It, 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 and as Jay said, he's a great guy. I loved covering him for the time I was down in Rockford. Interesting guy, very likable, great guy off the ice. Mm-hmm. Just there was never, there hasn't been the progression that we, you would hope to see out of a guy like that over the last three seasons. Um, you know, we mentioned Leonard came in and that put him back to Rockford. That didn't sit well. And, but he, but he still went to Rockford and performed well, uh, you know, and then the COVID year, he was one of the three guys. Lankinen was the guy that nobody really thought was going to be the, you know, you had Subban, you had Delia and you're like, Oh, Lankinen, maybe he'll get a couple starts. And then Lankinen took control yeah, of that. And job. that's mm-hmm. what Delia needed to do. And he didn't. Yeah. He had that. He, what he, did he start the second he started game this the, year? I think he started the first. Or the was it the first? First two? So the first two that Subin he had? got the first. There was in Tampa, right? I think it, Delia got one of those two. They played Tampa, Florida in the first yeah. two Didn't they games. all give up five goals? And it was, that, yeah, yeah, it was like six yeah. to one and bad. five to one or <laughs> yeah. something like and that. And there was, so there, I remember Delia made some really bad play where he was way out of the net and tried to pass the puck and served up a pizza. And it was just like, the thing with Delia is there hasn't been the progression. There hasn't been the improvement on his two biggest weaknesses, and that's his rebound control, and that's his composure in the net. He loses his net too often, and he gives up too many rebounds, and that's going to be a t- that's going to be something we're going to repeat ourselves here yeah. shortly. Yeah. But in the AHL, you could get away with that a little bit more. In the NHL, Usually, yeah. you kick a fat, juicy rebound right back to the middle of the ice, and nine times out of ten, it's going to be in behind you. You can't. There was just. He would have those spurts where he looked really good, and then he would just have those two or three plays a night where you're like, what is going on? And in the NHL, two or three plays a night like that gives you a career goals against average of 3.6. Yeah, it, like you said, and we all said, it's it was a very – it was a tough situation for him. Mm-hmm. And the COVID year was tough on everybody. But right. like you said, Kevin Lincoln was not expected to win that job. He got the opportunity and won the job. Right. And and as you mentioned uh, earlier, you know he he was a guy coming into this season that everyone Lincoln and I'm saying that people sort of said, well, he, if he's the starter and Dealey is the backup, like you can live with that, right? Because I think I saw Lincoln well, as an elite backup, yeah, and a less than ideal starter, but starter quality. Well, and they started the year with the three of them again, yeah, Lincoln and Subban, Dealey. I thought it was I thought Lincoln would was going to be the number one. But it was still fairly open. Right. But then they bring in Flurry, and it's like, oh, well, there's your one. Lankin is your two. Yeah. yeah. But that's just, you know, you got to take advantage of the opportunities when you get them. And while Delia probably had the crappiest situation of all the names we've mentioned, when you get the chance, you've got you've to stand yeah. up and, and take that some job. May, some may sh- say that he had a shorter lease, leash than the other goalies, which is probably true, but... It's probably a good reason for that. Well, I also think, too, like the organization is evaluating these guys not just based on the games played. They're seeing them in practice. They're seeing right. them in Rockford. So they've got a firm grasp on who is organizationally one, two, three, four, whatever. They know that, and they're not making that decision game to game. They've got a pile of evidence from their scouts and from mm-hmm. their coaches that say, hey, you know, and, and what we're sort of learning, and I've learned a lot of this this year, is how – much the goalie coach plays into who plays like the goalie coach really has a lot to say over who should start who shouldn't the the rotation all those sort of things yeah so you know if, if jimmy Waite's not liking what he's seeing from cowan in practice then he's not going to get any starts yeah, and no. that's something that i think maybe as fans and as analysts we lose sight of because 
there's so much happening that we don't see in games that the organization is fully aware of and whether or not you trust the organization to make good decisions is a different story, but they have that information and that is, in, that is influencing the, the choices they make in goal. It's been pretty obvious to me for the last two plus seasons that the Blackhawks just didn't see long-term starter visions when they looked at Colin Delia. Right. And if well, you I, don't think it's going to be there, then why waste time trying to make it happen if you don't believe it's going to happen? So uh, I, that's, yeah. It, that's, and, and, I mean, I th- I think that they did have plans for him point, because they yeah. gave him the three year extension after the eighteen nineteen season where he played all in all in Rockford and did pretty well at the AHL level. I think they did plan for him to eventually be you know the the backup to Corey Crawford for some time. Well, you're using and the word just, plan in the he who shall not be named. Right, and then, <laughs> then and then plans obviously changed. Yeah, he he thought about it for a day, gave him the contract, and said, "Nope, I don't want to do that anymore." which is typical of that era. All right, before we get to Kevin Lincoln, I want to remind everybody that the best way to help us continue to grow here at CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only will you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free CHGO shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Any questions on this, send an email to pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll get you squared away. And if you missed it, online signup is available now in Illinois. Get the phone out of your pocket. Download the PointsBet app. Use that code CHGO when you sign up and you'll be good to go in a matter of seconds. You can bet. You don't have to go to the sports book and connect it or Wi-Fi and all that malarkey as I keep it young for the kids. Uh, just download the app and you're good to start placing bets in moments. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. And if you want to keep that competitive edge that you're going to gain by making great bets on points bet, you should also consider Strava CBD coffee to start your day because it is a game changer and it has helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh, roasted, specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. That CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you, such as feeling alert and without the jitters you would get from your normal strong cup of coffee. You're going to be able to live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. And who doesn't need less of all that stuff? All that malarkey. <laughs> Plus, including CBD in your daily routine. Who Don't can, encourage me. <laughs> can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your absolute best. And the best part is that Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch. It's fresh. It's shipped directly to you. It's delicious coffee. And it comes with the concentrated full-spectrum CBD for those looking to add those benefits to your daily routine. And also, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase every single time by using the the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That's 25% off your order at StravaCraftCoffee.com, S-T-R-A-V-A, when you use the code CHGO25 at checkout. And if you're already a big fan of Strava, and you should be by now, you can subscribe and save with the Strava Craft Coffee Club. That's where they put you in total control of your order. You order exactly what you want. Tell them when you want it, 
where to ship it to, and they make it happen. You don't have to do anything except open up the bag, brew a great cup of CBD-infused coffee. It doesn't get any easier than that. Strava Craft Coffee. All right, let's move on. so good. <laughs> what was that? I liked it. Uh, all right, let's move on to our final uh, goalie evaluation of the day. Kevin Lankinen, uh, 8 15 and 6 with a 3.5 goals against and an 891 save percentage. Uh, I gave him one and a half stars. Um, <laughs> there were some games, feathers, one and a half feathers. feathers. They're on the screen. I see the feathers on the screen. But I can't say the word feathers. I'm guilty I don't too. know why. We give, out, um, we give out the stars during the season. I know. I know. One and a half feathers for Kevin Lankinen. Um, just, I don't know. I, I was expecting more. And what frustrates me about him is I think we saw a step backwards in his play. And he played plenty. He got plenty of opportunities. It wasn't like a lack of uh, opportunity. It wasn't like he was sitting on the bench just, you know, growing moss. He was playing probably more than a lot of people would have liked early on. Um, and he just never really got back to the form we saw a year or two ago. And boy, that rebound control is tough. You watch Igor Shesterkin and that guy, you can count rebounds he gives up on one hand in the course of a game. Mm-hmm. And when he does, they're right in front of him and he's got a pounce on him. Now he's one of the best in the world, right? One of the two best in the world, fine. But if you're kicking out fat, juicy rebounds every time there's a shot on you, all you're doing is creating more work for yourself, more work for your defense. I was really disappointed with Lankinen's play. That said, I do think I would like him to be one of the two goalies that the Hawks have next year. I really want them to pursue that Peter Mrazek situation with Toronto and see if they can bring him in, uh, You know, pick up some assets to take on that contract and bring him in, and he's a fine replacement-level starter. Um, but I, I would like to see Lankinen get another chance because what I saw the previous two years – uh, showed me that he's got something. There's something there with him. Uh, I just, I really was disappointed in the steps he took backwards this season. Yeah, I, that's why I gave him one and a half is just because I, I the expectations that I had for him, um, you know, I, I thought going going off of last season where he stepped out as a rookie and and you know really showed that hey, like he he can play at an NHL level pretty consistently. Um, you know, I, I thought that that we were going to get more of that this year. Uh, and it just it just wasn't there. He did deal with an injury that I think, you know, he 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 had a hand injury that I think played into the the back half of the season. Some of his issues, uh, you know, I remember we, we would watch games and, you know, just the, he would get beat glove side or there'd be, you know, a, a save that he would make to his glove side that he would defer to blocking with his blocker instead of trying to catch it. And uh, it just it just seemed like he didn't have any any uh, confidence at that point. Um to, to, to make those kinds of saves. And yeah, the, the rebound control was, was awful this season. And I, I, I do think he is going to come back uh, next season. I, I, I have a strong feeling that that's going to be uh, one of the plans that the Blackhawks have. Um, it's obviously not, not something that makes you excited, um, but it's, it's something that they're, I think that they're going to do and, and give him another year to either say, Hey, like you could you could can you find that form again or are you just gonna are we just gonna ride you out for the year probably be in the lottery again and move on from there in the in the goalie situation yeah and I gave Lincoln and just the one feather a lot of that is is based on preseason expectations to what the final product was yeah fair you know he 
looked like he was going to be, uh, you know, at least a 1B kind of starter after last year. He came onto the scene, was really good, and then tapered off as the season progressed, which is natural. You know, more video gets out about you. People make adjustments, all that stuff. And then this year, it was like, okay, Kevin Lincoln's going to be the starter. And then here comes Marc-Andre Fleury, and he's going to be the backup, which is fine. And he, and, but he never got into a rhythm. Mario mentioned that injury. I really think that affected him. I don't think that that, that catching hand was ever healthy towards the end of the year. And as you no. mentioned, there were plenty – like he was just using that blocker way too much and kicking it out. The rebound uh, yeah, control. A blocker is an automatic rebound. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're <laughs> when you're using it across your body and doing this, trying to punch <laughs> it away. Yeah, it's he fought the puck. He, he had trouble staying in the crease. He was he had no confidence, zero confidence that last six weeks of the season. And we talked about that with a player like Dominic Kubalik. As soon as you lose that confidence, even Kirby Doc. Especially at net, man. When you're fighting that puck, he, he, it seems half the times he didn't see it until it was on him, and that caused a lot of the rebounds because you can't absorb something you don't know is coming. Yeah, uh, just fundamentally, just a really poor season for him. But as you mentioned, I would be f- absolutely fine with him coming back next season. What? What? There's nothing to lose. Well, yeah, goaltending should be the least, like the lowest priority for this upcoming season for the Blackhawks. Yeah, there's no reason to really panic about goaltending right now. Uh, you know, that can lead us. Something we talked briefly about development. I mean, we saw Arvid Soderblom had a really good year in Rockford. Had a couple starts with the Hawks out of necessity. wasn't great, but you know, thrown into the fire due to injuries. Soderblom is a guy that definitely keep our eyes on. Yeah, definitely some potential there. Not a guy I want in Chicago next year. We talk uh, games and roses, and AJ also talked about development. Yes, they need to start developing goaltending now. Right, that was something he who shall not be named never wasted any effort or energy into. Yeah, Corey Crawford. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was a Mike Smith. Yes, it was. Yeah, two thousand and two. Yeah, 2003. So was so Duncan like Keith, yeah. but let's put all the flowers at the feet of Dale Town. Right, but like all the other goalies they brought in, Niemi was a free agent, Darling was a free agent, Emery was a free agent, um, Javi Mar- Bulin was a free Marty agent, Turco, Marty Turco was a free agent. So everything they tried yeah. in Leonard, goal, Fleury, yeah, they yeah. Never did. Crawford was the only one they developed, and, and it took forever, which right. isn't a bad thing. Well, goalies take time to develop, but. That's the kind of the time. path they need yeah. to do with a guy like Drew Comezzo is their their prized prospect right now. He, he, we shouldn't even be talking about no. him as far as him and the Blackhawks for another three seasons, at least. Like, take your It'll time. take some time, yeah. You, know, you got Soderblom. Don't rush him to the NHL. Let him be the guy in Rockford next season. He was really good this year. Uh, let him develop with those young players down there. Jackson Stauber out of Providence is the guy they signed at, towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. He'll be in the AHL next year. Stauber, Soderblom, let them develop. Let them Don't even let them think that they have a chance to come to Chicago. There's no reason to rush your goalies. Bring back Lankinen on a one-year prove-it deal. I love the Peter Morazic idea. Toronto wants to get rid of that contract. Pull a move. You know, we're in the position now where we could take on a bad contract and take one yep. of your prize prospects or, or a good draft pick. We're in the Brian Bickle driver's seat now. <laughs> so why don't we yeah. do that? Hey, Toronto, give us your, your, your Morazic, who isn't a terrible contract, 
but they've got needs other other elsewhere that they can't spend. I think three point six on a goalie. Hawks can take him on. That's a guy that has proven in the past that when he's healthy, that's his biggest issue. He could be a very good goalie. Um, and that's a guy that, hey, you bring him on and then maybe trade deadline this year is, hey, a team that's a playoff aspirations has an injury, they're willing to give you something for him. Um, what What is the term left on that deal? Two years, I believe. Is it two, two years? years okay. 3.6 per, which is not that's awful. Uh, yeah, it's not terrible. It's yeah. not terrible. Especially when you're, when you're a team that really doesn't need a starting goaltender. Right, exactly. You can take that deal on for two seasons and ride the Peter Morazic train wherever it takes you. Sure. Nice callback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you could do worse than that. And listen, you bring in Peter Morazic and Kevin Lankinen, and they're both awful next year. Oh, no, we get Connor Bedard. That would just be freaking terrible. Uh, Mr. Duds in the chat says, give Toronto back their third-round pick and Murphy for Mrazek in their first. Okay. Sure. I'd, I'd make that deal, I guess. Done. I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, get that first-round pick this year that, that Kyle Davidson is, is coveting. Yep. I'd make that trade. Um, so there's options there's a lot of veteran guys out there you know a Braden hope he's going to hit the the free agent market does he excite you not really no uh, but again you, it's just but you, you don't want need someone that's inexpensive need, that can fill the role because okay. you don't want right soder bloom or whoever else and we talk, sitting on the we bench we were talking before the show a name that popped up one more shift for Craig Anderson <laughs> with the black. I mean, he was serviceable yeah. with a bad Buffalo uh, team. On a bad Buffalo Let the Park team, Ridge he wasn't terrible. Go, come full circle on his career. Let him come back here. Bring back Michael Layton, too, and have him battle it out. Might, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, you man. You know, th those are guys that are out there. You know, there really isn't a lot of franchise goalies available. But they don't. But they there, don't need one right there's now. Not an, there's not a necessity for that. No, if you want to be bad, bring in a slightly below replacement level veteran yeah. and, and ride it out. Well, look, yeah. the maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and, and a branded hope becomes here and regains some sort of that form. And then you could trade him for a second round yes. pick at this deadline. And the hope is that either uh Soderblom or Stauber or Camesso elevates is ready to be a franchise goalie when the time the Hawks are ready to be good again. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to worry about signing a free agent goalie. Right. You've got goalies under you've contract got your that core, can play. You've got your next Corey Crawford yes. that's developed and ready yes. to go. And you know what? Here's what I think. You know, to kind of make an NFL comparison here, a lot of NFL teams will draft a quarterback every year just so they have quarterbacks. To me, there is nothing wrong with drafting a goaltender every year mm -mm. to keep that pipeline going right. because goalies are so fickle. They're so weird and goalie-y that you <laughs> never know where you're going to get a guy like Kevin Lincoln and it looks like he's a starter for the future. And the next season you're like, ugh. Yeah. So you can never have it's like it's like relief pitching in baseball. You can never have too yeah. much goaltending. So I, if if Kyle Davidson wants to draft a goalie in the fourth, fifth round for each of the next four or five years, I'm all for it. Yeah, you got to develop from within. Look at most of your goalies that win Stanley Cups. For the most part, they're guys that that are developed. Uh, you know. The Western Conference Finals this year is, is not the case, but look at both of those guys, New York and Tampa. Yep. Guys that they drafted, guys that they came up through their system. You know, the Hawks won those cups with Corey Crawford. They they was a guy. Jonathan you know, Quick. Jonathan mm -hmm. Quick was a Kings guy. Marc-Andre Fleury. There you go. You know, Pittsburgh. So Rask. Carey Price. Yep. All these guys, you know, when you can develop your own guy, it just, it just makes it much better because, you know, a, you get those first five, six years at, at team-friendly contracts. 
all-star free agent goalies aren't cheap and you usually have to overpay for them and then you're the Florida Panthers going well what the hell did we pay all this money to Sergei Borovsky for you know when and they got a Spencer Knight coming out but they're still paying Borovsky 10 million per right. for the next mm-hmm. 6 years so I hate long-term goal goaltending yeah, free agent contracts they never tough. end well they never end no. well so develop, develop, develop. Games and Roses, I'm all about it. Get, get me five or six goaltending prospects and just let them percolate in the minors for the next four or five years and, and see what happens. Yeah, and before we wrap this conversation up, AJ in the chat has a good comment. Um, actually be curious about what would happen if, uh, with development, the Hawks tried what the Panthers did and create an entire department dedicated to just goalies. Look, you know, Kyle Davidson is very fresh on the job. But I think everything's on the table. When, when you hire Jeff Greenberg, that's the sort of guy that's going to come in and say, look, the Cubs had a department for everything, right? Like every little p- part of their development had a special little department and crew and staff and all those sort of things. And that's going to be the competitive edge that the Hawks can. They've got money. The organization has money. They're not afraid to spend money. Do they spend it well? Not always. But they've got it, and they're willing to spend it. And I think we have seen a willingness from Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner to put money into the organization. And look, they let their GM hire one of the GM candidates they interviewed. And I guarantee you it was not cheap to get Jeff Greenberg to leave the Cubs. That's a good job. He's got GM potential in the league later. If he wants to stay with the Cubs, someone's going to hire him someday. Um, You know, For as bad as the Cubs are, their front office still gets a ton of respect. So that was not a cheap move. It's not a guy who's necessarily looking to leave the Cubs. They're willing to throw money at it. It's going to take some time for them to evaluate what their needs are. This summer, they've got a lot to do. They've got to hire a coach. They've got to figure out what they're going to do with their two franchise players. They've got the draft. There's a whole bunch of really, really surface stuff that Kyle Davidson and company have to take care of. As the years go on, you're going to start to see those additions made to certain departments. And I would love to see a goaltending development department and whether or not Jimmy Waite leads that, or if they find somebody else to do it, I don't know, but that's something that the organization is not Stan Bowman. I'm sorry. He who shall not be named was good at finding goalies in the rough. Your, your, your darlings, et cetera. But in terms of development, they were never great at it. So it's something that they definitely organizationally have to figure out because they've got a handful of guys that they are excited about with Soderblom and Camesso and Stauber. Now you need people in the org that can actually get them to reach their potential. And they have not had someone like that or people like that in a long time. Yeah, it, it was, you know, for years, Corey Crawford just, you know, uh, put a lot, put a, 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 a blanket over the problem of not having any goalie depth and and yeah you, you throw in free agents um here and there that that pan out that's great but the the lack of developing anything is when now why we're we're at the place that we're at now right there's 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 no one in the pipeline besides drew Camezo and maybe arvid Soderblom who you can get excited about and be like hey they have they have you know a, a, a future potential of you know, being a, a starter in the NHL, they they don't have anybody, and you 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 can't neglect a position like that for for how long they did, and expect someone like Corey Crawford or Robin Leonard or Mark Andre Fleury to cover up that that problem for as long as they did. 
And even towards the end, Corey Crawford started to decline a bit. And at that point, you were looking at the depth of the organization and goaltending. And you're like, oh crap, like they don't yeah. have anybody. Right. So yeah, now I, I think you have to. I think you have to go into it, and and now you're starting from behind in the long term development of, development of a goalie, which does take time. It, you know, players like like Jake Ottinger and Spencer Knight and Andre Vasilevsky, who are ready to go in their early twenties. That's the anomaly. Like that's not the that's not the expectation. For, for goaltenders, they take some time. Uh, Corey Crawford was what twenty five by the time he got to the NHL on a, on a regular basis, so it, it'll take some time. Um, so yeah, I, I think if if the organization's going to take some time for all the systems that Jeff Greenberg is going to Im- implement with, you know how how they how they function with scouting and communication and, and things like that, it's going to take some time for them to also find like be ready for having a goalie that's going to be able to step in and, and be a, a long-term starter, whether it's, you know, Arvid Soderblom or Drew Camezzo, we're, we're years away from figuring that out. And un- until then, like you, like, like you guys said, like finding a goalie in each draft. The thing is, in the years that Corey Crawford was like the unquestionable starter, they still drafted goalies. Mm-hmm. They just didn't get the right – they didn't get the right guys. I, I, I don't think a lot of it was – fail some of it was failed development um but i don't think there's there's a goalie that they drafted that panned out elsewhere i can't i can't think no, of one off, some top, are just my, bad off picks. the top of my head the they only, were just the only one that kind of sort of had an nhl career is carter hutton carter hutton right yeah but even then it's just like yeah it, it wasn't that they drafted someone and they they moved on from them and then they developed somewhere else and became right. you know a starter it, it wasn't the case we're in this situation basically because of the lack of foresight from the previous regime when it came to that as you mentioned hey we got Corey Crawford we'll worry about goalies when he's not here anymore well he's not here anymore and so Kyle Davidson there's a there's a many different roads on how he can handle this but he's been shown what not to do yeah. Right. He, he's been given the roadmap of where not to, how not to, to handle the goaltending situation. So, you know, I think he's smart enough to do it. And, and maybe, you know, that, that Panthers route, I, I kind of found it a little funny that Panthers, we're going to do, we're going to do a whole department just on goalie development. Then we're going to sign a veteran for seven years. So <laughs> it's, like, it's uh, like, say one thing, it, do something else. It reminds me of the scene in Elf where, uh, uh, Kyle Gass and Andy Richter go to James Conner like we've got a great idea for a new book we hire this guy <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the same idea like, you're, yeah. telling me, you're, you're telling me you two my two head writers that we need to hire someone else to write a book yes yeah. yes, <laughs> so, that's the idea yeah. so looking back at the uh, recent drafts of the Hawks 2021 no goalie selected 2020 uh, Drew Camesso was a second round pick uh, and, and I will say with with Camezzo, sorry to interrupt. I will say with with Camezzo, I feel like he's the best prospect that they've had since Crawford. That, yeah. in in the system, and I think with the opportunities he's already had with with Team USA, with the you know the Olympics, obviously without NHL players that makes a difference. But to get the opportunity to go to the Olympics with Team USA, to be the starter for the World Junior Team, which I think he'll, you know, depending on what they do in the summer with the rosters, with the world juniors, I think he'll be there again. Um, I think there's, you know, there's some real expectation and excitement behind him, but again, it'll be years before he's ready to be the NHL regular starter. And right. I, but I think that is in his future, hopefully. Uh, 2019 Dominic Bassey, 2018 Alexis Gravel. Nope. Nope. 
2017, no goalie selected. 2016, Wooter Peters. I remember that name. Third round pick, (laughs) by the way. None in 2015. uh, 2014, in the sixth round, Ivan Nalimov. Ivan Nalimov. Yeah, we're we're going we're going down. Bad. Uh, Brandon Whitney, Matt Tompkins, both in the seventh round, 2012. So you can Matt see Tompkins. not a lot of success in drafting goaltenders. A lot of them were late, in fairness. Late rounds, And those, yeah, are, but I, those are lottery tickets. Very, but. very, not very often do you have too many first round goaltenders. I think in the, in the last few years, I think we're seeing more, I think we're seeing more right. now because I think goaltenders are kind of evolving a little bit in how they develop as, as younger players. Um but yeah, I, I think, and it may have something to do with the fact that we're starting to see these inflated contracts where teams are like, "Well, well I don't want to pay ten million dollars." Yeah, right. Let's yeah. get our own guy. Let's, let's, let's use that first round pick mm-hmm. so we can have a guy for ten years and not have to pay him ten million. Right. Yeah. Well, look, Mario, to your point earlier, if if you have a goalie that turns out to be your next Corey Crawford, and you need to you need to fill that backup spot with free agents, cool, right? Right. But you've got to get the one. You've yeah. got to get the guy you can trust. And Greg, like you said, you're not going to get a Corey Crawford to join your organization unless you're paying out your ass for a free agent, which is not, it's not a smart way to go about things. Like mm-hmm. you look at the teams that have done that. And aside from Florida, it hasn't really worked out. So, um, you know, develop a goalie again, get as many lottery tickets as you can draft one, every draft for, for who cares. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if one or two hit, Great, you're in good shape for the next decade, but you've got to get one of those. And yeah, Camesso probably at this point remains the best shot, but he's also far away. And Soderbloom is probably too. But from there, the rest you're kind of like maybe if you squint real hard, they could be an NHL backup. Mm-hmm. But I think Camesso and Soderbloom are the only two in the org with with NHL starter potential. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Before we get to the uh, playoffs, I want to remind everybody to make sure. You are subscribed to our YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash sports. Uh, like that page. Turn on those notifications so you know whenever any of our great shows are going live. And wherever you get your podcasts, hit the subscribe button to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Hit th- that, those subscriptions matter to us and to everybody here. So hit that subscribe button. And notifications are helpful in that, too, because you never know when a podcast is going to drop. Maybe you're stuck at work. Maybe you're busy. Uh, and you forget that notification will remind you, oh, hey, there's a new episode out and I should be listening to that right now. And if you are an Apple podcast user, a five-star review, if you want to do us a, a favor for free, take 30 seconds, hit that five stars and write a brief little summary on why you like the show. And it will be very helpful. Five stars only because <laughs> what I've learned is a four-star review on Apple podcast is basically a one-star review. Really? Yeah, it's Jeez. it's it's really kind of a broken system and you've heard other podcasts say subscribe and unsubscribe and subscribe and that actually does work because they see it as new subscriber new subscriber it's a broken system and i know this from working in podcast management for a mile that for a while that no one knows what the hell they're doing um but i i do know that a five-star review on apple podcast is worth its weight in gold and it takes 30 seconds to do so we would greatly appreciate if you took the time to do that lawrence you're sitting there just do one right now yeah, I'm going to unsubscribe and resubscribe. I like that idea. Everybody. All right, cool. But don't forget to resubscribe. <laughs> Finish yeah. on resubscribe. Correct. And five stars. Yeah. Five stars, five stars. All right, well, last night we were treated to just a delightful hockey game. <laughs> the Avalanche win 
8-6 over the Edmonton Oilers. Game one of the 1987 <laughs> Campbell Conference unreal. Finals. <laughs> like, it was good to see the maskless goalies out there again and uh, <laughs> and the, the actual sweaters, like the wool sweaters. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a game. Just exciting. And I was checking in. I, I actually watched the game when I got home from softball, but I checked in uh, during uh, – between innings, I'm like, oh, Colorado's up 6-3. Like, this is in the bag. This is going to be a quick series. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, Edmonton came back. And yep. just, I don't even know how you evaluate a game like this. All I know is it's a crap ton of fun. There's a lot of skill on the ice. Tons of really fast and exciting players. That McKinnon goal where he just, like, burst through the middle. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And then the Makar offsides play. Weird. Aye, aye, aye. Um, yeah. We should have a conversation about this someday. But I think, like... If, if you carry the puck in and the offside guy comes back and then re-enters, you should be able to continue the play. I yeah. I thought that's kind of how... But you can't... I'm saying you can take the puck... If there's a guy over the line, you should be able to take the puck over as long as he's heading back and then oh, re-enters. okay. That he can't stay in the in the zone. Right. He has to... Okay. Once you enter with the puck, he's got to leave the like zone to come to, back he in. He has to tag up no matter instead what. Instead of blowing the play down. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I mean, a, yeah, that's a July topic. Yeah. yeah. When we rewrite the rule book, <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make a note of that one. Yeah. I, I just want to say, though, again, like another three points for Kale McCarr. And Four. Four. I think it was officially three at the oh, end of the night. Oh, did they take away? Yeah, they took, like, yeah, they took away. take away that fun little stat that I saw about him being the first Colorado defense, defense with two four-point games. Yeah. Not like he's not going to get another four-point <laughs> game in this series. So. Yeah. Right. One goal, two assists. He's a plus three. Okay, they took 27-16 of ice time. Uh, wow, offensive defenseman. He also had four block shots. Led the team in block shots. That's that dude, uh, I've said it before. You guys have said it too. When his career is over, he's going to be considered one of the best to ever do it. He's going to be this so. generation's Bobby Orr. Yeah. I, and that sounds like a huge leap, but it's not. Watch the kid play. He is revolutionizing the position. It, yeah, in, a, in an era where it's already been revolutionized. Yeah. He's taking it a step further. So you got your offensive-minded defenseman. And then there's Kale McCarr. Yeah. <laughs> like he's taking it to he's a like another level. forward. It's a whole nother. Yeah. It's, it's like a, having Patrick Kane play defense, play really good defense. It's a whole different level. It's yeah. Patrick Keith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, really? Yeah. That he you is put those two together. Yeah. He, I don't, I don't know if I can go as far as he's as skilled as Patrick Kane offensively, but I mean, it's close. If you moved him to a wing, would he look out of place anywhere? No. I mean, you could argue, you, so. can, you can argue that Kale McCarr is, is further along offensively at this stage of, at his, that age and stage of his career than Patrick Kane was. Potentially, you could yeah. make that argument. I mean, you don't as a defenseman, you don't score twenty eight goals by not by, by accident. accident. No. Yeah, so I I think That's yeah he's 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 an incredible player. Um, just the 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 speed to his game, the creativity offensively, and yeah, I, I mean you you th- when you think offensive defenseman, you always kind of think oh defensively, you know deficient. Not the case. No, he's so good at getting the puck out of his own mm-hmm. zone, and that is what it's all about. Exactly. He gets that puck and it's gone. I mean, it's amazing to watch what he does before he even gets in the offensive zone. I mean, he's able to be as good he is as he is offensively because he gets it there so quickly and out yeah. of his own zone. Um, you can't be a great offensive defenseman if you're pinned down in your own end all the time. Right. So, that's when it becomes a deficiency. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you know that was I, how how. Funny is it that Mike Smith has been yanked from Game One in all three of these series? <laughs> it's a trend. That's, that that is impressive. Yeah. It's hard to do, mm-hmm. and but he'll come back and he'll have that maybe that rebound game. He had it in L.A. Right. He had it against the Flames, but these aren't the Kings or the Flames, man. Like 
every I was hosting my my Tuesday night trivia nights in Edison Park last night, but I had I had the game on my iPad next to the, my laptop running the trivia game, and it was like I would see, oh man, the Oilers scored, and then I'd read the question and I look back and go. Wait a minute! Did he just give up a goal? Like it seemed that every time the Oilers scored, thirty seconds yeah. later, there's Nate McKinnon scoring yeah. again, and then that offsides play where they allowed a goal, and then you know that that they you know Edmund ties the game in the final minute of the period, and then allows the goal right before the end of the period, and then they have to give him a power play to start the second period, and they score on that, yep. and I thought it was over. Yeah. So credit to the, the for the Oilers for for I mean they've. If there's been one word for them this entire postseason. It's been resilient. Straight How many down. times have they fallen down three nothing and they win the game? Like mm-hmm. that happened in that flame series a couple times. They have been, but when you have Connor McDavid, yeah, you can on your that. team, yeah. you are never out of a game because that Andrei dude Seidel, just says yeah. says jump on the back of my '97 jersey. I'm going to just do the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. Yeah, and we've got to give some credit too to known Pudwack Evander Kane. 13th goal of the playoffs last night. It's crazy. It's, I mean, you can give his teammates credit, but it was not assisted by McDavid. That was Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto on that. Mm-hmm. He's, he has found his place. And I think you go into a locker room. He's found his next bridge to burn. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> you, you go put a place with Connor McDavid and look, we all sort of uh, joke that he's got no personality, but he's got a presence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you People, walk in that room and he's like, do your job and shut up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you the puck. You're going to score goals, and we're all going to be happy. Okay? Stay out of trouble. Let's try to win a Stanley Cup. And I am pleased, at least through one game, that Edmonton was able to hang. They were able to stay in the game and compete. I hope this is a nice long series because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And could you imagine if the Oilers knock off the, the uh, avalanche? That would be unbelievable. I mean, to have, to have not only a, a Canadian market, but also – McDavid in the cup final. I mean, that's something the NHL has, I'm sure, wanted and definitely needed since he got into the league. They needed to have the best players playing and at at the best, uh, at the the highest levels. And getting McDavid in a cup final is like, I mean, we we saw the stat today uh, uh, about ratings being up. And having him on a TNT and an ESPN in America is is huge. Cup final is on ESPN this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine, you know, a a best of seven series for the Stanley Cup and you got Connor McDavid. Like, like even in America, there will be eyes on that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, TNT, but this, this thing out you shared with us this morning, uh, their, their ratings have been, they keep going up and up and they're much better than they were on the NBC network the last mm-hmm. couple of seasons. And now you got Connor McDavid spotlight on, you mm-hmm. know, and you got Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and Leon Dreisaitl on TNT getting record ratings. That's huge. Big. Here's the, the future of this sport. Here's a TNT release. Uh, NHL on TNT's round two coverage averaged 1.4 million viewers, up 29% versus cable round two coverage in 2021, and is the most viewed round two cable coverage since 2014, 1.5 million viewers. Playoffs to date, Turner Sports' coverage of the 2022 Cup playoffs across TNT and TBS is up 44% versus cable-only coverage in 2021, and up 17% versus cable-only coverage in 2019. So... They're doing a hell of a job. I think TNT is knocking it out of the park. And uh, I guess say Turner more specifically, they're knocking it out of the park. And uh, (laughs) yeah, to get McDavid on the Stanley Cup final stage on ESPN would be huge for the game. And as we said yesterday, 
there really isn't a bad outcome here. No. Any way you shake out the Stanley oh, Cup final. Stanley Cup final is going to be really good this year, regardless who's in it. Yeah, if you got Colorado, you've got Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Edmonton, obviously, McDavid and Dreisaitl. And Evander Kane's, a, a, I don't know if you want to call it a good story, but an interesting story. Tampa Bay looking story. for their third in a row. And the Rangers, with all that star power and being an original six team from mm-hmm. New York, there is there is no bad scenario here. But to get McDavid in the cup final, I think would be the ideal scenario for hockey. I don't know if it would make for the best series, but it would have the best player on the biggest stage on the biggest sports network it's, in the country. It's having LeBron James in the final. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it having is. it's having Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I think if the if the NHL from a ratings standpoint or from a from a not a ratings, NHL from like storyline standpoint, I would think that they'd be rooting for like Oilers lightning like lightning going for th- for the three pete that's something that hasn't been done in the modern era um and then yeah mcdavid going for his first goalie on the planet versus the best player on the yeah planet. i, th- I, mean, I the think if they're there. looking for best story that's probably the series that they're and you that the league hogan is hoping for game, and you get you get a hogan brother go for three brother can we I, talk about how Koskinen took the loss last night because he came in and gave up one goal. In yeah, that that's, that's, yeah rough. that's brutal. That's rough. That's, that's unfortunate. That's how it goes. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tonight, uh, Tampa at Rangers. Rangers have home ice in this series. Uh, 7 p.m. on Espen, right? It's ESPN. Yes. Yeah. ESPN has the East. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Remember, Thursday is Throwback Thursday. Greg, what do we got on Doc for everybody tomorrow? Well, we're going to... Colton Doc. <laughs> did I say on Doc? <laughs> yeah. I said on Doc. I meant to do that. Right. There you go. That yeah. was a hockey joke. Um, we're actually going to have some fun. We're going to do like a two-part, two-week deep dive into the 2010, uh, 2009-2010 season because a week from tomorrow, June 9th, anything important happen on June 9th? Anybody oh. remember where they were? I believe I was crying. 2010. I was at home. Well, this week, tomorrow, we're going to spend the day going, reliving the 2009-2010 regular season. And then next week, we will, June 9th, we will do a deep dive into the 2010 postseason, of course, culminating with that overtime goal in Philadelphia that nobody saw except Michael Layton. Well, he didn't see it because he would have stopped <laughs> it if he saw it. Uh, so... Two weeks in a row, back-to-back, all about the 2009-2010 season, wrapping up on the 12th anniversary of that Stanley Cup victory, wow. talking about what a, just an incredible year that was. And we're going to start it tomorrow at 11, uh, recapping and, and getting in there our favorite memories of the 2009-2010 season. It was a special one. I remember some of those games like they were yesterday. Yep. Cannot wait for that. Uh, Greg knocks it out of the park with all the Hawks history stuff. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're a member at allchgo.com. Join our community. Get access to all of our great written content. We're going to publish our goaltender evaluations tomorrow morning. Uh, We've got Throwback Thursday tomorrow, and there's always a companion piece to go with that. And every team is covered. Bears, Bulls, Sox, Cubs, Sky, Fire. Red Stars. Red Stars. Who am I missing? That's it, right? And the Hawks, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. So become a member at allchgo.com. It's worth every penny. Ad-free content. You sign up, you join, you get a shirt, and you get to read our stuff all day, every day, and a beautifully uh, arranged website that looks terrific and is not going to jam up your computer with a bunch of junk. So jump on that. Help support us as you do by watching, 
and subscribing. We appreciate everybody. We're going to talk to you tomorrow on Throwback Thursday, 11 a.m. on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.